if you're beginning and you you don't know what you want to do, the very first milestone would be identify your why, why you're doing, what's the vision that you have for yourself, with, you know, for the future, for you and your family. Um, because I think that that is so foundational to overcoming any challenges. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason J. Lou Lewis. Today, we're going to dive into someone who has focused on land and multifamily and single family, has 40 plus million dollar asset. And I think what we're going to focus on is how her personal investing has affected her real estate business career. We talk a lot about how people are a specialist. They are a specialist in multifamily or specialist. They're, they're a broker or they're an investor. They're fix and flip. And I think sometimes that if you really are passionate as our guest is today about real estate, she's, she <laughs> loves it. She is, loves as much as anyone. And I think what happens is, is she follows her business, follows her passion of real estate. So I'm, we're just going to listen into how that's evolved and, and the pros and cons to letting your, your real estate business follow your, real, your personal real estate investing career. So no more talking about that. We're going to just jump right into Michelle Bosch, the co-founder and CFO of Orbit Investments, full-time real estate investor since 2002, bought and sold over 4,000 pieces of real estate, built the third largest land investment and auction company in the US, bringing that company successfully to eight-figure revenue in the matter of 18 months. Through this recession, she's positioned Orbit Investments for rapid growth in the single family and multi-investing sector with over $40 million in assets under management, a co-creator of the nationally recognized Land Profit Generator Program, 145,000 followers, been featured on Inc., Fox, NBC, ABC, Forbes, and many others. That sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, you've done it. So I'm just repeating it to the listeners to make sure they know that, you know, you, you have done a lot yeah. uh, in, you know, in a relatively short period of time. It's not, hasn't taken a, a 30, 40 year career to do no, that. Only 18. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so thank you so much, Jason, for having me. It's, it's an honor here, um, you know, to talk real estate. Like we were talking, you know, before we jump on the recording, you know, I'll probably be doing this till I die. It's been in my family since I was born. And I just absolutely love real estate. I, I love, you know, that it's a vehicle that has allowed me to really pretty much live out, you know, for freedoms, freedom of money, of time, relationships and purpose. And yeah, I, I absolutely love everything that I can do for you. That's great. Well, let's take us start off with take us back to that first real estate transaction, that first time that you got hooked on the passion that you call real estate. Yeah, absolutely. So I am an immigrant from Honduras into the U.S. And my husband is also an immigrant uh, from Germany into the U.S. We came here in 1995, 1997, uh, came to study, you know, get our MBAs, got a job. We were able to find, you know, companies that were willing to sponsor our working visas, our green cards, and got busy working. And because that's what everyone tells you, you go to college, you get a job, Needless to say, a few years into those corporate, glamorous corporate jobs, we absolutely hated them. We did not have any freedom, had no fulfillment, and definitely 
our paychecks did not match the time and energy and effort that we were putting into those jobs. And so we, you know, we realized we need to start something. It's got to start as a side hustle because we couldn't let go of those jobs, our permanent residency and our, you know, our basically immigration status dependent on them. So we needed to start something on the side. And I, you know, I was, you know, telling Jack back then, you know, my husband, well, you know, in, in back home, my family has had real estate and real estate has been really, really good for us. You know, my, my father, when I was very young, passed away, but two years prior to him passing away, he had made an incredible decision. And that was to invest in a piece of commercial real estate that to this day is part of, you know, his legacy in my family and has produced passive cash flow or what we like to call in the Bosch family forever cash, you know, because how passive can it get and how forever is it that, you know, something, someone that is not physically there continues to take care of us uh, to this day, you know, and, and it's pretty much, you know, um, you know, his legacy for, for my mother. If she decides that she wants to, you know, still keep it, you know, until the day that she passes away, it'll probably be at some point legacy for my own daughter. So, we thought let's start with real estate. And the very first thing that came to our mind was not actually commercial real estate, but was single families. Cause whenever you look up anything, real estate, you know, the very first thing that you think of is like, okay, let me go and either try to wholesale a house or let me try to rehab the house. So we, we started, you know, looking into that and we put a junker out here in Phoenix under contract and it needed, Oh my God, all kinds of repairs of foundation, roofing, you know, kitchen. It was way over our heads, uh, not because, you know, we didn't think that we were capable. Maybe we wouldn't, you know, we weren't back then, but we felt that a tremendous advantage of, as immigrants, not really understanding how everything is built here. You know, we like Honduras, we built with like concrete blocks for hurricanes. Germany builds for extreme harsh, you know, harsh winters. And how we built here in Phoenix is completely different. And we thought, oh my gosh, this is a little bit way over our heads. How are we going to manage this while keeping our full-time jobs, you know, and uh, supervising a crew? And, and we needed to have, you know, some sort of uh, credit. It's not that we didn't have, that we had bad credit. We just had no credit, you know, to go and find either a hard money lender or someone that, you know, could lend us the money in order to do a rehab job and so on and so forth. So to cut the story short, we pulled out of that. And we still kept thinking, you know, real estate is the, is a thing. And we came across something very, very curious that does not exist both in either Germany or Honduras. And I think that's when our immigrant advantage kicked in, you know, and that we were able to see an opportunity that perhaps others missed. So we came across a concept here in the U.S. called tax liens and tax deeds, where basically a property can be lost to, you know, a tax lien foreclosure or tax or tax deed, you're delinquent on your property taxes, and they're going to auction it off. And I remember going to our very first auction, or I went there, you know, in California, I took two days off Monday and Tuesday from my work to go out there. And what I found was that it was incredibly competitive. It was like being in a, you know, you know, in a tank with, you know, sharks and fast with, with sharks, they knew each other, they knew the county officials, there's no way they're going to let, you know, a newcomer, you know, outbid anyone there. But what I noticed, Jason, was that a lot of the property that was coming up for sale at the auction, at the tax deed auction, was vacant land. And in California, at least you have to be delinquent five years in order for that property to go to auction. So we thought, well, these people have mentally and emotionally checked out from this land years before this. Why don't we try to contact these people, you know, these owners of vacant land, years prior when they're freshly delinquent, the very first year? And that's kind of how we started with, you know, delinquency 
exclusively on land. And then we are now buying land from anyone and everyone, you know what I mean? Whether they pay taxes or not. And over the years, you know, we perfected a, a method where we could buy this, these properties for five to 25 cents on the dollar, because these are not just motivated sellers, but non-wanters. And we were, a, we were able to turn around and either sell them for cash for 60, 70% of market value to leave enough, you know, money in the deal for someone else and to make it incredibly attractive and be able to sell the property quickly. Or we use to, or we sell it using seller financing where we sell it for 100% of market value, but then become, we become the bank and we create notes basically on that land and somebody can, you know, make monthly installments. If for example, I buy a piece of land for a thousand dollars, I could sell it for $20,000. Somebody gives me $2,000 down and the remaining $18,000, they can pay in monthly installments for the next eight to 10 years, you know, at 11, 12, 13%. And so that's kind of how we, we build up, you know, to $70,000 worth of passive cash flow just from land, um, eight figure company, uh, you know, just from land notes. And that kind of brought us all the way to 2009. We kind of like lifted our heads up. And we kept on doing land deals, even through the 2008 recession. And we thought, wow, um, you know, people are losing their shirts left and right. And here we are with this incredible amount of liquidity from both the cash flow and the cash profits that we thought maybe now it's time for us to start exploring, you know, the single family realm. And we started buying homes here in Phoenix in 2009, which was the bottom of the market for $50,000, putting in maybe five, $10,000 worth of repairs, and then renting them for anywhere between $900 and $1,000. And then we did that in two other markets. And um, eventually, you know, 2015 came around and we're like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I, we had like 50 uh, single family home rentals. I'm like, I don't want to keep on looking at one door at a time. Can we start looking at a hundred doors at a time? And we bought our first property in Louisiana, 90 units. Then the next year we bought 96 units in North Carolina and then 147 units in Oklahoma City. And, and with the first one, with the Louisiana property, we're almost, you know, at a point where we will start putting it out there for sale. Not in the most ideal situation right now, but it's, uh, it, you know, we've, we've brought it, you know, full, full cycle in terms of, uh, you know, finding a property that had quite a bit of value at potential and we've been able to turn it around, you know, really improve the tenant base, make it a best in class community, you know, in the area and, and now being able to sell it. So, and the other two are in different stages as well of, you know, of this repositioning of the property, but so far all, all in all, like you said, my, my, my jump from asset class to asset class has kind of followed my own personal journey as we have grown as investors uh, and in sophistication, you know, once we had down how to run efficiently a single family home, even remotely, because I, you know, I also own not just here in Phoenix, but also Omaha, Nebraska and in Cleveland, Ohio, then we thought, okay, we can do this for multifamily and do it remotely as well. And it's been, it's been awesome. We will continue doing it right now. You know, we are in a situation where we're going to have, uh, you know, opportunities to go out there and buy more assets from operators that perhaps you know, we're banking on, you know, increases in rent into their models that are not going to be happening and that unfortunately, you know, are going to 
probably lose their properties, you know? And so we have been again in, in this next, in this next now downturn in a privileged situation where we're well capitalized and we're poised for, you know, going out there and, and shopping when the time comes as well. So we've done it once, you know, in, in 2008 and doing it again. So, um, having that outlook, not just out of optimism, but of, out of experience pretty much because we've done it before. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of like the story and, and, and where we're at, but you know, land continues to be my, my first love. We continue doing it. Uh, we only moved to the other asset classes once we had mastered one, you know what I mean? Uh, Cause it's so easy in real estate to be diluted in your energy and in your effort and your attention with every shiny penny, because there's so many aspects of real estate. In so which many, you, make money, you know what I mean? That's the creative aspect of real estate. And that's why it's even the creative real estate podcast is because there's so many cool creative things you can do. But that also is kind of the downside. It's the major downside is there's so many shiny objects. So maybe take us and kind of walk us through like the pros of starting here and then you evolved to this and then you've kind of evolved to the next thing, which is land and then single family and now multifamily, which then it might be something else. So maybe, maybe talk to the listeners that are maybe in their first stage. Maybe they didn't do land and they did single family to start with. And then maybe they're, they're intrigued about the land deal. What, what's some pros to sticking with your lane, mastering it, and then evolving? So, so what is beautiful about the land and that I have been, you know, over the last three months really like filled with immense gratitude, Jason, is the fact that it's, it's a business that is absolutely completely remote. I don't need to talk to a seller. I don't need to be in person with a seller negotiating on their living room. I don't need to have an open house. I, you know, to sell it. I don't need to see the buyer. I, I ideally should talk to the buyer, you know, because there's plenty of non-wanters, but, you know, buyers are, you know, very different from the housing world where you need to focus on the acquisition and, and, and selling it is a little bit easier. You know what I mean? Uh, and the land is the reverse. There's, you know, you can tap into millions of deals very, very easily. Um, we have, you know, uh, we are able to buy, like I said earlier, you know, for five to 25 cents on the dollar, turn around, um, you know, with a mailing of 750 to a thousand letters, I can generate anywhere between six and 15% response rate and, um, and, and really find deals very, very, very easily. And I would say that the biggest, I don't see a lot of uh, cons. The only con that I would say about the land is that, and the reason why we have evolved into the other, you know, two asset classes is that even though I am able to, to produce passive cash flow by creating notes, you know, and $70,000 worth of passive cash flow, those notes eventually will be paid off and that passive cash flow will come to an end. You know what I mean? And so you're really in very active income kind of mode, you know? So, so, and it's, and it's beautiful. It's formidable because it can become your cash machine, which is what it has become for us, the land flipping, whether it for cash or seller financing has been, you know, become our, our cash machine. And then those cash profits and cash flow, we've been able to then transition them and allocate them into single family and multifamily, which give us incredible depreciation uh, benefits that the land flipping doesn't. You know what I mean? Because that's all active income. So all of a sudden I'm having, I'm generating all this active income over here and I'm able to shield it, you know, with depreciation from multifamily from over here. So I feel like 
it's like uh, the perfect crime. <laughs> hey, that's the crime to real estate success right there. You know, sometimes, hey, it, it, when you have a good project, whether it's fix and flip or you broker deal or you invest in a deal, whatever it might be, sometimes, honestly, it, it does feel like a little crime when you hit it out of the park because if you really love real estate, then you, you just made a lot of money to feel like you kind of played a game. I, you kind of sometimes feel like an athlete because it's, it's a game and it's, and you hit that you home run. You have to run. train like such, you know, it's not yeah. something that's going to happen overnight. And, you know, we've, we've evolved. We've, we've gone from being, you know, side hustle investors to really growing a land auction company, you know, with a big team to then becoming students of online marketing and being able to replicate that same level of scale with less people, with more automation, with more technology. And once that was mastered, you know, you put a head to the horse on that one. And, you know, because you have mastery over it from just a sheer level of scale and repetition and that repetition giving you the mastery and almost like a PhD on making money on that one lane that you can then, you know, put a head to the horse on that one and, you know, start looking into accelerating growth in the next asset class. But it, but it comes from having had the discipline all those years prior in the land to get to that level of mastery and build a team, um, you know, that is not just there for a paycheck, but that really buys into your vision, that aligns with your core values, that, you know, that is empowered to take um, leadership decisions. You know, when I was first hiring and, you know, building on my team, I was just uh, basically out of necessity and proximity hiring versus hiring from the way I hire now, you know what I mean? Where I'm looking for, does this person have a potential for, to become a leader and to lead, you know, in this whatever division of whatever, you know, line of business I'm in uh, versus out of despair and proximity <laughs> because you're so overwhelmed as a business owner and investor, you know what I mean? So, it, and it's, it's taken a little bit of, of, of time to get there, but that's how we've been able to basically move on to the next asset classes from having the discipline to focus on that one singular activity for long enough to have amazing team, amazing process, amazing systems, and then move on to the next one, master that and move on to the next one and so on. What are, what are three tips or three maybe milestones you could say that you, you need to hit before you move to the next one? I think, I think the first milestone, like if you're beginning and you, you don't know what you want to do, the very first milestone would be identify your why, why you're doing, what's the vision that you have for yourself, with, you know, for the future, for you and your family. Um, because I think that that is so foundational to overcoming any challenges because there's plenty of like, this sounds all glamorous and that buyer you, you read with the results sounds all like, you know, badass. But the, the, the real fact is that there's a whole lot of shit sandwich in between that. <laughs> and I should probably keep this PG, but, um, but there's a lot, you know what I mean? And, and so, and if you do not have clarity on why you're doing this, you know, you are going to, um, you're probably not going to stick with it, you know, for long enough to become a master, you know? And so I would say that's the very first milestone. Then the second milestone for us was um, process. Um, we realized that, you know, we needed to really, we're both very left brain type of people, Jack and myself, you know, and, and we needed to really simplify our method in order for us to be able to multiply, you know, simplify to multiply. 
was the next thing and in the process was incredibly important. So basically, that's kind of like your how, you know? And so the why, your how, ideally, you know, you figure out your what, what asset class it was. For us, it was land at the beginning. And then your, you know, and then, and then your who, um, which for us came as a third thing that I focused my attention on, which I wish would have been my first one. Because if I would have had the right who's to begin with, they would have helped me with the process, with the what, with the how, you know what I mean? And um, so, yeah, so that's, I think the next, the next level is like really building that team that can help you, you know, with the other three pillars of business and that are also, you know, fighting for your dreams, but also for their dreams, you know, and for their big whys, uh, if that makes sense. So I I think those, that would be, yeah. Those are great ones. What what then, or maybe say three tips along the way that you've kind of helped get you to the maybe next one. So, you know, you've done the why, and once you get those three, you know, is there anything to other tips along the way? I think the thing is that I think those will evolve with time. You know, I was saying, you know, how, how land has been the cornerstone of our wealth in terms of we, can't, we went from having jobs, living the American dream by <laughs> having jobs and having my car with a payment, my house with a payment, my couch with a payment, my laundry machine with a payment, my sofa with a, I mean, everything on payments, you know what I mean? And being able to completely get out of the rat race, you know, using, you know, the land as my vehicle. And so, so yeah, so, so, so that's, it, it, that's one, one tip that I would, I would say is like, figure out the one thing that can help you, you know, get rid of the most urgent need right now. And then eventually, you know, transition into uh, the next thing, you know? Great. Well, what, what would be your, your why? Um, my why now has, has changed in that, you know, before it was getting rid of my job, then it was, okay, I want to build a business that can produce X amount of revenue. Then it was, I want to produce a business that has X amount of profits because when you start, you're always thinking top line and then you're like, oh, but I'm, you know, what am I walking away with? (laughs) You know, it sounds sexy when, you know, you have a big flashy number, but at the end of the day, how profitable are you? And, and, and then eventually, you know, that turned into, wow, you know, this has been so incredibly transformational for me. How can I help others, you know, get transformed? And that's when, you know, we started teaching our land flipping method. And now, you know, my why is just like I had someone making a decision to invest in a piece of commercial property affect, you know, my level of confidence, my capability, my ability to, you know, speak English with you right now, because it, without my father had not done that decision to invest in real estate, you know, I would have probably not been able to go to a private school and learn English and, and, and be sent to the U.S. to study. You know what I mean? My mother on a, on a, as a single mom on the salary of an elementary teacher would have never been able to do that. Um, and so you know, it, this entire journey has been so transformational that we're like, okay, how can we start sharing this now with others? Because this is a, a method that is so simple that it's so easily replicatable, you know what I mean? That you don't need to have a big land auction in order to flush out properties, you know, 150 to 200 parcels, you know, a year. And, um, and so now 
you know, our why is, you know, creating a legacy of prosperity for a thousand families that we can, you know, bring from zero, like we were, to, you know, a, a seven-figure boom in profits just from land. So that's, I think, our, my biggest driver right now. I personally want to see also many more women investing in real estate, you know, and we need to start small. For women, it's uh, money is a 40 to 50 years old thing, you know what I mean? That um, and where we're not new to money and that we, we know how to work for money, but we've not necessarily learned how to make our money work for us. And so when it comes to having a lot of ladies say be realtors in the real estate space or buying one single family here and there, there's, there's plenty of ladies out there. But when I get to, you know, in 2015, when I got to start it, and started looking at acquisitions of assets of five to $10, $50 million. There's not very many ladies in the room. So I want to see many more women investing. I want to see many more families where, you know, all the burden of the finances and the financial freedom is not being left just to the, you know, to the, to the husband. You know, I, I, I want many more women to take part, to be educated. I now have a 12 year old daughter and I want her to stand on my shoulders of my own delusional confidence and capabilities. You know what I mean? And, um, and I want her and, you know, the daughters of many other women to have their lives be a demonstration of what is possible. So that is also something that drives me. And that's at the core of a family of faith of finances that I'm all about. So, so yeah, so that's, that's my why now. I like it. Well, let's, let's take a quick break. We'll listen to a word from our sponsor and then we'll jump in with the final five with himself, Bosch. This episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by both you and brought to you by the show itself. And we just wanted to say thank you, Jason. And I really appreciate having you as a listener. And we have an ask. We've got a quick ask. If you have... Uh, been listening to the show for a little while, you love the show, and you haven't taken the time to leave a rating and a review, I just wanted to ask to see if you wouldn't mind uh, going into iTunes and doing a written review as well as a rating. Um, so that's our only ask. Let's get back to the show. All right. We are back after hearing an amazing why of the real estate game with Michelle Bosch, and we're going to jump right in with the final five. The first question is, What's the most creative real estate deal that you've done? The most creative deal uh, that I've done, I would have to say that we, you know, early on, we purchased a 40-acre parcel. And I remember we purchasing it for like $5,500, something like that. And we were able to subdivide that 40-acre parcel. You know, we, it, had, it had two roads, you know, on, on one side and on the other. So we were able to subdivide into a 20-acre chunk and then into four five acre chunks and just from the sale of the 20 acres up on top I had all my money you know recouped more than recouped and then you know the sale of the five acres on the bottom was just gravy and it's it's creative ways of not just flipping the piece of dirt but looking at how can I innovate or how can I iterate in zeros sometimes it's aggr- you know through parcel aggregation maybe making it a bigger parcel maybe it's doing some horizontal you know development when I when I talk about that it's it's mainly you know getting some initial permitting done you know in order to make the property more attractive and so on and so forth so there's some creativity you know that 
can kick in when it comes to land. It's not just a piece of dirt. There's, you know, plenty that you can do with it. Um, but those are some of, you know, my, my favorite ones for sure. Yeah. I like it. What's right now something that you're consuming, whether it's a favorite book or maybe podcast or YouTube channel or such, what's something right now that you'd like to share with the listeners that's, uh, that's doing some positive for you right now? Yeah. So I, I have been now, um, meditating for quite some time and I know that that's probably something cliche, but I've been doing it now since 2011 and it has been so instrumental in the last three months to really have my mindset on the right, you know, be on the right page, on the right frequency, because if people talked about mindset as something that it, you know, it would be nice to have the last two, three months have really, you know, for everyone across the world, I think, have proven that it's a necessity to to feel strong, you know, to go out there into the world strong and to figure out how we were going to, you know, pivot certain aspects, even though it's mostly remote, you know, uh, on the land flipping, on our educational business, you know what I mean? On the, on the apartment side, how we were going to pivot and how we were going to basically continue to, uh, you know, on the single family and multifamily, see collection rates, you know, where we needed to see them for rent and so on and so forth. And, um, and, and so there are plenty of opportunities where I think if you're not feeling strong, if you do not have a daily practice that helps you go out there in the world and feel powerful from the get-go, that, you know, whatever comes your way could easily, you know, make you crawl under the table, you know what I mean? And so um, I think uh, meditation, I've been uh, doing um, a technique from the art of living so artofliving.org, that's something that, you know, I've been tuning into their daily meditations in the morning. So that's something that I have been consuming quite a bit. And if I was disciplined before, now I'm even like, okay, this is a must. I can't just slip. Because sometimes you have days where you slip, you know what I mean? And then my 12-year-old is like, uh, mom, you're a little grumpy. Did you meditate today? <laughs> so, hey, they know you more better than, uh, you know, anyone else. A lot of times people around you know you yourself better than you do so yeah. and, and meditation doesn't have to be sitting it could be a walk it could be exercise it's just that moment of stillness to like gather your thoughts to really um tune in you know to um to to experience you know a certain level of integration where you're not completely scattered worried about the next thing that needs to you know that that's on your plate or the next fire but where you're just completely focused on one thing whether it be you know absorbing you know, the birds chirping in your morning walk or, you know, an exercise, you know, a runner's high, you know, it's, it's that level of integration that, that, you know, sitting can do, but there are other ways to get to it as well. But just an, a, a moment, it, it could be prayer. It could be listening to something amazing and, you know, feeding your mind with something awesome. I love sometimes to listen to Joel Osteen in the mornings, you know, so stuff like that. Yeah. I like it. Where do you see the real estate market in the future and, and where do you see yourself? Yeah, I, cons I, I see ourselves continuing to invest in large multifamily. Um, I think uh, I will continue to do land just because of its simplicity and because now, you know, I have a team where that's really, you know, a hands-off cash machine. Um, and I continue to educate for sure. I, I know that, you know, we're well on our way to creating those 1,000 millionaires from land flips. And, um, and that's a, a big, um, a big 
I think uh, emphasis and attention for us, you know, right now with Jack in terms of being visibility, doubling down, really leaning in and and, 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 and really exposing many more people, you know, to land flipping in general, because it's something that it's not natural. You know, people don't think about it when they think about real estate. And, um, and it's uh, this, you know, hidden secret that can really, you know, get you through what I call the four C's of, of, of uh, entrepreneurship very, very quickly and get you on a road to a much more sophisticated and sexy asset, you know. And those four C's is like you need to commit to one thing that one singular activity and focus, you know what I mean? The second is once you commit, you're normally going to find that it's going to require you to be feeling uncertain for a short period of time and you have to muster the courage. So that's the second C. But if you muster the courage and you do it anyway, you know, you will eventually gain capability. That's the third C. And with that capability comes confidence, confidence to go and look at bigger projects because I would have never been able to start with a $10 million acquisition of an apartment when we started in real estate, but because I've gone through that cycle of the four C's so many times, you know, and gaining more confidence and more confidence to go after bigger projects with more zeros and more profits at the end. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that for sure. I like it. Four C's. Yeah. little added bonus right there. <laughs> and another question we like to always ask here at the final five is what's something that you do to give back to the real estate community that's given so much to you? And it sounds like I, we've talked about this a lot, um, yeah. you know, with yeah, your- we, we, you know, we're educating, we have an amazing, you know, almost 11,000 people community of land flippers on Facebook. Uh, it's called the land profit generator Facebook group. Um, Jack and I are personally in there, you know, our roster of almost 15 coaches are in there helping coaching. This is a free group, you know, I mean, so that's our way. Uh, I also like to, you know, have amazing women on my inflow podcast also come and, um, and, and just uh, show other ladies what is possible, you know, in, in terms of real estate and financial independence and freedom um, in, in, many, in, in many different asset classes. You know, it doesn't have to be land and it doesn't have to be multifamily. There's so many, you know, ways to skin this cat. And I, I love to present, you know, women and give back in that way. I have also um, something that I, I started, you know, was, which is called Mondays with Michelle. And, you know, inside of that Facebook group, anyone, you know, that decides to raise their hand and say, I want my one hour of, of Mondays with Michelle. And I answer any questions they might have. And it's also my way of just, you know, one hour of my day, if I can enlighten another, you know, gentlemen or another woman and, and help them on their way so that their family can, so they can see the dreams of, you know, financial freedom for their family come true. Um, why not? So yeah, it's like, like, like I have my hour of power, you know, with my meditation, I have like, you know, one hour of Mondays with Michelle, if somebody wants to take me up on the offer and, um, and yeah, and book a call with me. Great. Well, that is an easy segue into what's the best way for we we can put in the show notes for people to reach out if they maybe want to do that Monday with Michelle. Is that the right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can go to the land profit generator group and, okay. and Facebook, just look it up. It's a free group. Um, you can also go, if you are interested in, you know, learning a little bit more of a structured class on the land flipping, uh, you can go to land profit fund because it's fun and you're going to make profits with land. So landprofitfund.com. I like it. We'll throw this in the show notes and, and it's been an absolute pleasure. It's, it's always uh, interesting to follow along the success and hear how it all evolved with different 
investors and you, you've done a lot uh, in, in the 18 years. So uh, versus just, hey, this is my one thing and, and you've been able to be successful in, in two or three different avenues of real estate, yeah. which is really cool. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jason. It was a pleasure. Well, excellent. Well, thank you. And, and always, uh, my friend, until next time, keep thinking outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box. Bye.